Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Paused Reviews. Welcome back, one and all, to your favorite podcast, the Paused Reviews Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Frank, joined by Tim. Yes! Welcome, Tim. <laughs> so victorious. Are you, are you? Have you gone so far at this point that you're wearing a long sleeve shirt? I have turned off the air conditioning, my friend, and <laughs> I have opened all the windows, and it was cold this morning, like... I, now, don't get me wrong. I love summer, but I love to sleep, like, with the windows open, cold, hearing the crickets. So, like, today was just nice. I aired the house out. feels great. Um, and, yes, I am wearing but although it does have a giant hole. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could see. Tim, Tim's wearing a Beatles shirt, which which clearly even from the front looked weathered there's a there's oh, a few yeah. holes this up is, at the top this is an old shirt <laughs> yeah yeah but he turns around and there is like a straight like 20 <laughs> 20 inch diameter hole in the back yep. of his shirt you know how it goes it's like a, it's like, like a backless dress <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's like, you know, you got your favorite lounge clothes. Like, I just want to be comfy. Like, I'm gonna, and I don't want anything to happen to this, clo- you know, these shirts. Yeah. It's like your, fa- your favorite sweatpants or whatever. I yeah, mean, I've I got my today. old, I've got like my old varsity football t-shirt. You know, the neck has holes around it and sort of even, yep. even like that, uh, you know, the neck seam or, or the collar, it's not a collar, but you know what I'm talking about, that has, yeah. like, started to separate from the shirt. Yep. Like, I feel yep. like there's places of wear that make sense. That was fully unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think I put it on, and I was like, I forgot how big that hole was. But I think it did. It started up there around the collar, and then I was just like, uh, we'll see what happens. And then you just got so <laughs> swole, you bent over and picked something up and just hulk right through. Oh, my yeah, God, that's hilarious. Totally. Um, what else, man? I'm really excited about this this episode. Like, I'm antsy to jump yeah. in, but, you know, people like the banter, too, I guess. Anything uh, anything going on? <laughs> um, no, I wanted to I wanted to really get through all of these. So I had a little hiccup yesterday, so um, everything's, everything's fine. But, you know, first-time pregnancy stuff, we just want to make sure everything is covered. So mm-hmm. um, Carissa wasn't feeling great yesterday, so I was about to walk in at the grocery store, and she called me back, or she called me, and she's like, I think we need to go get checked out. So, um, got checked out, and literally the baby just decided she was snuggling way down deep, pressing on some things that you don't want people to be pressing on, and <laughs> uh, was just causing some extra extra discomfort. Um, the people at uh, Inova Fairfax, where at the Women's Center, where the baby will be born in December, are super awesome, super sweet, and like I think she was a little embarrassed. She's like, you know, if this was just me, I probably would have toughed it out. Um, but you know, when I'm considering the baby, I gotta, I gotta take an extra step. And they're like, no, that's what we're here for. Like, we'd rather you come in too many times than not enough. So absolutely. Um, yeah. We were yeah. the same with our first, um, yeah. you know, Alyssa had a couple of instances where, you know, she was like, Oh my gosh, I think I'm, 
maybe and you google right you google the symptoms of course and it was like oh i yeah. think i have an ectopic pregnancy or i think this or i think that or is is this normal you know we, we went in a, a dozen times and and it and luckily thank goodness it ended up just being like yeah you're pregnant lady being pregnant sucks but no one ever yeah. made us feel that way it was just very yeah. much like you know I, it's funny right it's funny how your perspective and your views change completely exactly like like your wife is saying if this was just me i would you know probably pop some tylenol and just wait and see what yeah. happens but yep. it's not you anymore and it never will be again man like yeah yeah you know yep. it's wild well uh, that's good yeah. man i'm so i'm so glad that everything was was totally chill today we came home uh Today we got some stuff done, a uh, little bit more nursery stuff, hung up some shelves, put some stuffed animals and some books on. We're waiting for some Aww. other stuff to come. So, yeah, so that stuff's coming along. Uh, so feeling good. Yeah, That's awesome. Uh, I have yeah. tons of stuff for you guys, by the way. I was going to come yeah. today, but, yeah, my day ended up super weird as well. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and I totally get that. So this week was a crazy week for me. I've talked about this a bit before. And, you know, I want this to be a fun movie podcast, but at the same time, like, you know, there, you know what dawned on me? I listened to Mark Marin and a few other guys, and I love it when they talk about their own sort of struggles and things that they're dealing with, yeah. only just because, if for no other reason, it always just made me feel a little bit more normal, right? It's like, yep. oh, yeah, yep. like, I, 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 I go through that or I've known what that feels like or, or whatever the sense is. And so, and especially when you get, I don't know, in our own bubbles, we tend to feel like everyone else is doing great and we are yeah. the only ones having a tough go. And and that's just not the case, right? So, oh. so yeah, man, I mean, my story this week was my anxiety has been through the roof. There's just been a lot of stress and stuff going on, you know, work stuff and but also family stuff like we have a lot of family who wants to come to visit but mm. for us that is a really big ask and we're trying to balance you know you know not trying to have it be where grandparents and such can't see the kids for two years right but right. versus you know taking care of our little ones especially our daughter who is high risk so you know that's played a huge factor and, and just everything else but my so i have major anxiety i have general anxiety disorder but i also have severe health anxiety so what used to be called hypochondria apparently that's not kosher anymore it doesn't bother me if you call me a hypochondriac i totally am but i guess it's health anxiety now you know, that sort of just haunts and plagues me on a daily basis. <laughs> but I've tried, you know, medicines and stuff, and I have severe adverse reactions to, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess, what SSRIs or, or whatever it is. That they, so, you know, your Lexapros and your Zolofts and, and that kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, I've tried Lexapro, Zoloft, Wellbutrin, Buspar, like, you name it. I've tried it, and it's it sucks, bad. man. Yeah, because, like, for every, every one where like with me first when they put me on they're like here you go and it's great i've never had any problems with it i feel oh, great i know but my wife is the exact opposite just like you it's like she went through everything before they found something that you know didn't make her violently ill or fix the problem a lot of things just made the problem worse for her too. dude i had first of all i've had every side effect like read the list of side effects for some of these drugs i got every single one of them when yeah. i was on lexapro i didn't sleep for like four or five straight days to the point where my doctor was like why didn't you call me earlier you will die yeah. if you don't sleep 
you know, so I've been on that. I've been on combinations of things. And that's that's the other thing. I hate having to take one pill that forces me to take three other pills to combat yeah. the side effects of this pill. And most of them just made my anxiety even worse. So I've been yeah. I t- I've taken the long way around. And, and so I, I go to counseling and I haven't been, you know, because the pandemic has made that difficult. But and I had an amazing counselor and she ended up moving and just didn't really switch over to somebody else. Say la vie, but I will, I will go back. But, um, you know, so a lot of studies have shown that counseling is really the way to really help yourself. You're never going to be cured. It's never going to go away. I accept this as my reality for the rest of my life, but it can be managed. But the best way to do it is if you can do counseling and find some medicine that can help you now while you let the counseling do the work, that's the ideal. So, um, anyways, my anxiety is through the roof. I had a, a normal doctor's appointment just to follow up for some other stuff. And, uh, you know, she was like, well, have you ever done Xanax before? And I've always been worried about it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because you, I don't know, I feel like everyone talks about that. It's like habit forming and all this other kind of stuff. But her thing was, you know, you can manage most days, but just for those days where you can't get a grip on it or it's really taking a toll on you use it like an emergency inhaler you know and and knock the edge off that day and then you know that way you can kind of start fresh so anyways today was my first day because this has been super mounting so i i did that happy to report so far i guess (laughs) and these and it doesn't have a long uh it's like a half-life drug right like it's kind of like tylenol you can kind of take it every six if you need it. But I feel like it it really did kind of, and I'm on like the lowest possible dose. So, I mean, I guess I could even go up, but I, uh, it kind of took the edge off, but it knocked me out, bro. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I think because I didn't know how it was going to make me feel or, you know, what side effects or whatever. I, I took it. I was like, I'm just going to go upstairs. I'm going to lay down for a little bit and we see what happens. I'll throw a little movie on. So, I mean, I guess I, I just, I really set the mood because it was like yeah. dark in the room, cozy bed, <laughs> movie playing. And three hours later, my wife's like, what are we doing for dinner tonight? So it was wild, dude. I don't know how some of these like soccer moms do it, but like, they're like, I'm you know, feeling a little anxious. I'm going to knock back a Xanax and, you know down a couple of martinis i'm like how are you not what? face down oh yeah i've seen it like <sighs> maybe not my own mother has taken a xanax and then had a, a mixed drink or two on top of that and i'm like how are you not face down in the pool right now like Dude, i don't know i'm pretty sure that would kill me like right? yeah I'm, I'm sure that's not advised i'm sure that's a warning on the label but i don't know uh, the label said no. i couldn't operate a car or vessels um, Ooh, yeah, awesome. which I was really bummed about. I mean, I understand the driving, but I was really hoping to get my maritime on. Uh, yeah. but apparently not. Uh, that would have been a problem. Yeah. <laughs> submarine. Uh, I love that that's the vessel of choice <laughs> for you. <laughs> um, anyways, so, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I'm kind of, I'm feeling optimistic. I am not someone who's optimistic about medications just because I've had such a poor experience as it pertains to anxiety. But, you know, I guess because of the health anxiety, I also just sort of have developed a, uh, a bit of a phobia of side effects in general. So if I yeah. can sort of tough something out, I'll try to, which isn't really good mentally, but I, I was happy like that I finally 
found something that can maybe just knock the edge off the really bad days because you know day to day normally it's not pleasant but it's yeah. it's manageable which is but you know, which is good if today was the day to like do that and check out and almost like force yourself into like a little mental health day where you just don't care about you know stuff for a couple of hours so yeah. if, it, if that's if that's what it does for you every once in a while i think the perfect way to look at it is like a reset like that just pull yourself back for a day and maybe feel a little bit more refreshed tomorrow you know yep no i totally i, I think that's sort of what i definitely embrace all right guys let's see that's a that's a cool 45 minutes about yeah uh, <laughs> anxiety and holes in t-shirts let's uh let's jump in i am so so stoked for this episode um because i mean and first of all again speaking to the anxiety this is my happy place watching movies talking about movies it's one of my coping mechanisms it's why i do this and uh and hopefully you enjoy it so with that i was so excited for this week having uh, dealing with all this other stuff because i got to watch a bunch of new stuff um we had so many any listener requests this week that uh, we are going to dedicate this entire Rewound episode just to that. Uh, we got a couple of new things we're going to touch on very briefly just to give some updates on stuff we've talked about in the past. And then we are going to dive headfirst into uh, reviewing some stuff that people wanted us to watch. Um, yeah. Thank you all so much for sending that in. We love, love, love watching the stuff that you guys want us to check out. So keep those coming. Um, we will always. I don't care if every we rewind forever is fully dedicated to listener requests. That would be a dream come true. So keep that stuff yeah. coming. It's so much fun uh, to do that and get a sense of the kind of stuff you guys are into and the kind of stuff you like. Yeah. I mean, I think I mentioned this the last rewind. I just kind of hit a rut. I haven't gotten into a new show. So I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then, you know, Frank hit me up with this and I was like, how am I going to tackle all this stuff? I was like, but I found time for all but two of them. One I had previously seen before. So there's only one that I absolutely have not seen. But it was just sort of fun to kind of have a different sort of mission just to be like, okay, I can fill time with some other stuff and just kind of to plow through some stuff that i would have glossed over otherwise yeah Um, so i think it was kind of great to have other people make some choices for me dude there are (laughs) legit i would say i don't know three quarters of these i never would have watched on my own yeah ever absolutely and some of them were real pleasures and gems and some of them were complete confirmations that my choice is completely great like i (laughs) i should always trust my gut um okay let's just jump on in with some of the uh movie news tv news and on the last rewind we talked about two things we talked about mulan and we talked about taskmaster and the day after the show aired or even the day the show aired there were massive updates on both of them uh so we're going to share those with you now first with disney's mulan we talked before about how it had been pushed back indefinitely the release Mm -hmm. for theaters had been indefinitely pushed we had no idea when we were going to see it the very next day disney announced that it will release on disney plus on september 4th in the u.s this sounds great right and it sounds exciting but it isn't while they're making the film available to u.s subscribers on disney plus unlike hamilton or onward before it the film will not be made immediately available to all subscribers instead it will be available to rent through the subscription platform 
So to kind of help that make a little bit of sense, it's going to be on Disney Plus, but just because you have Disney Plus doesn't mean you're going to be able to watch it. You're going to have to pay a rental fee to watch it on top of your subscription fee that you already pay. So additionally, unlike previous Cinema at Home releases... Onward was one of them, but Universal did a bunch in that same time. We talked about this in a previous episode with Invisible Man or The Hunt. Um, mm-hmm. These previous Cinema at Home releases have been available for nineteen ninety nine, so about twenty bucks to rent. Disney is making Mulan twenty nine ninety nine to rent instead, so they're upping. They're even upping that price for rental by ten dollars. So. This is odd and frustrating, right? Mm. Because there have been previous Disney titles like Onward that were now, and we praised, we praised Disney for this. When other studios were making their movies available for rent for $20, Disney made Onward immediately available for purchase for $20. Mm -hmm. And, And across all platforms, right? You could buy it on Amazon, you could buy it on iTunes or whatever. And then a couple of weeks after that, they released it for their subscribers on Disney Plus for free. So they kind of gave it a window to try to earn back some of the cash, and then on it went. Now, Disney is going to make it available to rent, but only on their subscription platform and for the additional 10 bucks. So if you're keeping track at home, that brings the overall total cost of admission to $36.99 just to watch Mulan, right? Now, I... I get the I the the key argument, right, from everybody is, well, you know, if you went to the movie theater, it would cost you more than 36.99 to watch the movie with you and your kids and your wife and your this and your that. Fine. I understand that. But you know what you're paying for at the movies? It's not just the right to watch the movie. You are paying for the cinema experience. You are paying for that massive screen, that epic Dolby surround sound, and the audience of like-minded fans enjoying it with you, fueling you, feeding the environment, and just the overall vibe. That's what makes going to the movies so special. The movie theater isn't worth the cost of admission to watch the movie. If all you're interested in is seeing the movie, then you don't go to theaters you can do that at home for Mm -hmm. a fraction of the cost you go for the experience right that's like saying if if you had tickets to go see dude i don't know i'm not a music guy but i love me some boys to men so let's just say you know i had tickets to go see boys to men in concert and then all of a sudden i can't do that anymore but now they're gonna say well you can listen to the new boys to men album for 24 hours for 36.99 and that should be the same thing. It would have cost you so much more to go to the concert. Yeah. But you're paying yeah. for the you're paying for the experience, and yeah. that's what's frustrating. You can't just justify this thing. Where especially when there's already been a set precedence, right? Yeah. Like yep. rent for twenty bucks, then buy whatever. I mean, that's fine if you want to try to make back some of your money. No one's gonna fault you for that. But yeah. why only on your pay subscription service and why for $10 more than any other movie has charged to date? I don't understand the rationale behind this. And the real kicker is already everyone's screaming. No one's going to rent it. I mean, I'm sure people are going to rent it, but it's not going to be anything close to the type of success that they've seen. And you gave us Hamilton for free. Right. Like, I mean, literally, we can just sit and wait this out. Really, I mean, 100%. what are they never? 
what are they just never going to put it on there? And I was intrigued. I was not one of the Disney animations that I have seen because it sort of was like right at the tail end of when I would have been seeing Disney animation. So it's never crossed my, my, my path. Right. But I was really interested in looking at this one or watching this one because it's so much different than the actual. Yeah. It's like the first one that seems to be a legit different movie rather than just a, a live action slash CGI rehash. So I was really kind of intrigued by this and I'll just wait it out because uh, it'll come to Disney plus sooner or later. Absolutely. So I'm not really, I'm not really worried about it. And the whole, that whole argument, I think you're absolutely right. You know, if this was maybe 10 years ago, I'd argue that there's no experience. You know, I, I don't get anything going out of going to the movies, but that has changed in the last four to five years for me. I tell you what, I don't feel more relaxed anywhere than I do sometimes in the movie theater now with, especially if you get, you know, reserved seats with the recliners at Regal, like they do a couple of around here. I get up out of that chair at the end of the movie and I just feel so good and so relaxed. Absolutely. And I don't get that at home because it's like, Oh, I got to pee. Oh, I need a drink. Oh, what's that noise? Oh, I'm hot. Oh, yeah, like the movie theater, you go, you pay, you sit there and you're engrossed in the movie here. You know, Carissa doesn't like it dark. I want all the lights off. It's too loud or, you know, whatever, especially now she's pregnant. She's got to pee every five minutes. So it's like, it just, I absolutely like going to the movies. I don't do it a lot. I reserve it for, um, you know, something big. I want to see like star Wars or, you know, something absolutely, like that. Absolutely. Um, but it is more of an event now. You know, you plan ahead, you get some good seats. I grab a beer and I sit back in that recliner and I love every second of it. And I don't want to pay even half of that to sit on my couch and drink the, my beer, which I paid $10 for at home you know, with everything else going around in this environment. I can't tune out. I don't, I don't want to watch a play in my living room. I don't want to listen. To, I don't want to go to a concert in my living room. It's about the entire experience. And right. I don't want to pay that price to sit on my couch. And that's like and to me, that's the thing. It's, it's, I, I can understand there being some cost, but we need yeah. to accept that what you are asking people to pay for is not the same experience. And yeah. therefore, it should be tailored accordingly. You know, and I will say, and we talked about this in the episode we were talking about Onward. You know, we, we pointed out that Disney found success in releasing Onward for purchase. Onward was on in the top three across all the platforms for rentals and purchases across the board, whereas movies like The Hunt and Invisible Man were barely in the top hundred. People were yeah. not going to pay $20 to rent a movie for 24 to 48 hours when they could pay $20 and just own it outright. Disney found success with that model. Now, Mulan is a massive investment for the studio and it yeah. was a huge advertising investment investment, or at least it was in the process of being that. Mm -hmm. And, and so I understand that you need to recoup some of that money. If you think for one second that Mulan is going to get rented across the board and you're going to earn a ton of money, you're not because people like you and me, exactly like you just said, just, I did it with King of Staten Island. I was mm -hmm. curious. I'm not a Pete yeah. Davidson fan, but I was, the movie looked intriguing I was going to be damned if I was going to pay 20 bucks to rent it for 48 hours. I just nope. waited and boom. The other day I paid $14.99 to own it. Whereas yeah. other people paid 20 bucks to rent it. And if you liked it, you're paying $14.99 again now. So now, maybe, maybe in that 
assuming I already have Disney Plus, so let's take the six ninety nine out of it. Sure. Give me for thirty bucks, maybe if I was really, really into Mulan, right? Or I'm a Disney completist, for thirty bucks, I get to rent it for twenty four, forty eight hours, but then I get a download code in six months to have a digital copy. Brilliant. I might yeah, I might do that. Like I would if consider I have that. to watch it now, thirty bucks for that, that's not bad. Cause like what you just said, if you rented King of Staten Island and now you like it so much you want to buy it, you're gonna end up paying that 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 close to that same price. Yeah. I mean I saved five bucks. I waited four yeah. weeks and saved five bucks. And right. you know why? Because no one rented it. Everyone yep. waited and everyone's going to yep. keep waiting and everyone's going to wait on Mulan because if you yep. already are paying for the Disney plus subscription, it's going to come, it's going to be there and you're going to watch it just like everything else. So yep. it's, I don't know. You're setting yourself up to just piss people off when up until this point, you've done so much right. And I, and I mentioned it very briefly. I still just don't understand it in the wake of Hamilton. You know, you paid Lin-Manuel Miranda almost $50 million to give yep. you the rights to Hamilton for Disney Plus, or for the film anyway, right, which was going to release in theaters. And you just said, here it is for everybody. There you go. And on with Disney the money Plus. that people were putting out on tickets to see that show on Broadway, you know people would have spent 30 bucks to rent that. I mean, I just, I don't, I mean, I probably, that may have been one that got me, but still, I probably still would have waited just because, yeah. well, I don't know. I probably would have done that for Hamilton. <laughs> um, anyways, we, uh, so, so that's kind of where it is. I'm, I'm really curious if you guys have thoughts yep. on this, shoot us comments, messages on Instagram to the email. You can go to the website, pausereviews.com. Links are everywhere there. Um, but we would love to hear your thoughts. So I did do a post on this kind of the day that it came out just because I was so flabbergasted and frustrated because like, we just did this episode um right. and we did already get some comments so let's see our forged metals said so and i and again i get this our forged metals was in the camp of you know when you think about it you actually save you only pay one fee but your whole family and whoever else comes over uh our forged metals, which should be nobody. It's a pandemic. <laughs> um, <laughs> instead of buying a full ticket for each member, plus the popcorn junk food in your house, all, you know, it's about 20 times cheaper than the movie theater. The movie industry is going to lose crazy money for a while. This is just salvage mode, but they should have billions of backup money. There are 100 plus years of crazy profits, right? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. So you get a couple of major ones. And we talked about this, right? You know, you have a couple of gems that bring in the billions, right? Like your Avengers and that kind of stuff. But all of that pays for the 17 other movies that a studio made that lost millions upon billions of dollars. So you need those big, heavy-hitting swingers to subsidize the losses that you're taking on all the other ones that we watch and enjoy, but no one else went to go see, right? Mm -hmm. So it isn't like this massive pool of profits. Of course there are profits. Of course this is a billion-dollar industry. No one's arguing that. But it's not quite that simple. Um, again, I understand the argument. But yeah. you're paying for more than just the right of seeing the movie, kind of like we talked about now. Um, but a great comment and, and absolutely one that we're totally behind. Let's see. Ortiz Agrippina. That is BS. I will not watch until it's free for subscribers. Either delay it until movie theaters are open or show it for free. People will buy all kinds of things related to the movie that will make Disney plenty of money. I think that's a great point, right? Like this is not your only avenue for earning back some of these monies. Um, right. The marketing on toys and apparel and all. I mean, Disney is Disney. Like, who doesn't have a bunch of Disney stuff laying around in their house? 
Like if you've got kids, you've got it. And if I know anything, Disney parks is probably a wash with Mulan stuff or would have been had this hitting the theatrical release. I was there in October of last year before frozen two came out and frozen two merch was everywhere. Frozen two merch and uh, rise of Skywalker stuff everywhere. So Again, weird times, but that stuff would have been out there. Yeah. For sure. And then we got a comment. I mean, I completely, I, I do agree. I, and I, I feel like a lot of people are going to agree with this as well, with Ortiz Agrippina, just because, uh, again, there's there's already a precedence. There's there's markers set. And you are yep. you are really breaking the mold on this and, and asking for quite a bit. Um, Amy Glee also commented and said, this is crazy. So is this a rental as in you'll have 24 hours to watch it? That would be messed up. If you're going to charge that much, you should have permanent access to it on your account. And and I think we both have kind of said that we absolutely agree with that. I yeah. like the idea too where it's like, you know, you'll have pay 30 bucks, you have exclusive access to it for forever. And when it becomes yeah. free, then it's free to everybody, but you've been able to watch it for 4 weeks, you know? Yeah, okay. Right. I can get behind that. Sure. You know, I don't know where the algorithms and stuff work, but and then I start charging people to come over to my house and watch it. Five bucks. Come over and watch it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> dude, remember the elementary school played some Disney movie? Yeah, you would definitely get some cease and desists. Uh, they are not playing around. Oh, that's so true. All right. Let's see what else. So then, uh, so Taskmaster, uh, moving on, moving on. So we were so excited for Taskmaster to be on the CW. Uh, it premiered on a Sunday. It was dead on a Monday. <laughs> the reason it got taken off the schedule is because it really, it brought in about 212,000 viewers, which is a really, it's like a 0.1 rating, um, yeah. which is, it's, it's low. It's very low. Um, so CW has pulled it from its Sunday night schedule and replaced it with uh, supernatural reruns of the last season. And they have since, now they have moved the entire season, season eight, to CW Seed, which is their free app. And you can watch the entire season. It's not going to have that five latest episodes deal. So I guess that's something. But what pisses me off about this is that you did everything in your power to have this fail. This is a BAFTA award winning comedy series overseas. That is a huge deal. This show is hysterical. I have yet to meet one person who's watched it who doesn't love it. No one knew it was going to be on the CW unless you listen to this episode or unless you listen to this podcast. And you gave it a lead in of a garbage pale Canadian reality show called Fridge Wars, which brought in the same rating. It came in with the same rating points. So you didn't really lose that many viewers, right? So if yeah. you know anything about television scheduling, you're going to bring a new show in, right? You're going to air or premiere a new series. You want to yep. give it a strong lead in. So yep. you're going to bring in a new show. You want friends right in front of it. Because Friends brings in a 15 million viewership, and then your like, hope, yeah, 
Right. I Your like hope Fox, is that Fox does it a lot with like the World Series or something like that. If you have yeah. a World Series game on and they throw on a, a season premiere or something after that. Right. Stay tuned for the premiere are, of yeah. blah, blah, blah. That is because yep. you know that you're bringing in a massive audience in your lean in. And your hope is that half of them stick around and watch the yep. next show. And so if you can if you bring in 10 million people on your lead in and 5 million stay to watch your new show, they might stick around and tell a few people and then next and then each week it's going to get better and better and better as the word of mouth spreads you lead in with a you know 300,000 viewer show of a Canadian reality show no one's heard of and then you're surprised that you got 212,000 to stick around for Taskmaster first of all that's pretty good considering that your lead in was also trash but like you know you've done everything in your power to have this fail and now you've just pulled it before it even has a shot this that really really pisses me off how how do you feel about them leading in with season it was season eight right or was it season seven it was season eight that was airing on cw to me that just seems weird as somebody who is in the middle of season six the show builds on itself in interesting ways not not that like you have to watch one season to understand you can watch the seasons in reverse if you want Mm -hmm. but there are elements of inside jokes like especially the banter between greg and alex evolves over time and i feel like if you just dropped me in the middle of the season you know a middle of the run of this show i might not quite understand their dynamic because their relationship has evolved and grown and you know the way he teases them and that's the whole point of the show the way that greg abuses for lack of a better term alex and everything and i just don't know if dropping an audience in to a show that's so established into season eight even makes sense like and season one was so strong and you and i have talked offline about how like that was the true premise of the show it's a bunch of comedians doing these tasks and we've gotten a little further away from that you know into more just kind of celebrity personalities and not necessarily comedians and i just wonder too if they had somehow started with season one instead people would have been able to warm up to it the way that everyone else does when you start watching it from season one yeah i mean i think their only concerns there is this show is going on season 10 in the uk and so the first now seven seasons are available onto the taskmaster youtube channel so i think you know they they wanted to bill it as something no one has seen yet right american fans of the show have already seen the first six seasons and now seven seasons because you can watch it for free on youtube um so that wouldn't have necessarily drawn like you want to you you're banking on the people you know already know and follow it to come mm-hmm. in and then you're hoping for additional audience to come in as yeah. well which is what they did wrong with the with the lead-in stuff but i do think and i i agree with you in the sense that you know you're kind of i mean your hands are tied because of that but but as you get into the later seasons you know i think you're right there's you accept a little bit more you understand the premise a little bit better and i i think if you were going to strike any deal maybe you would have made a deal for season seven as your start i think season seven has one of the best cast yet um james a caster is one of the funniest mm-hmm. dudes on earth and so that could have been a really strong opening but uh but yeah i mean i think the cw was working with what they had um, the other thing that really drives me crazy is 200,000 viewers for the CW. This ain't the first time they've seen that. You know, the, yeah. the CW is where network shows go to die. I mean, their viewerships are not 
crazy high. Like we're talking, you know, for a show that might pull, you know, seven or eight million somewhere else, they might get a million. Uh, Supergirl mm-hmm. aired on ABC for season one and did so poorly that it got sent down to the CW. And even at its crazy low ratings of like a million or less was one of their highest rated shows. Like yeah. this is the CW guys. Like right. who do you think you are? So right. I don't, I don't know. It's I'm really frustrated. I'm really pissed off and I'm not the only one. We have a listener, um, Heather, Heather Reck, who, uh, when we posted this, was absolutely upset. Her comment was, what? No? Ugh, this is terrible. And Heather, we couldn't agree with you more. Um, yep. But at least it's some solace that you can still watch the entirety of Season 8 on CW Seed. But whatever. I'm done. I'm done with the CW. It's it's so annoying. All right. Let's talk about some good stuff. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Let's- Let's talk about these movies. I think that's a good thing to do. Let's plow through some of these listener requests. So we're not going to talk about what we've been watching. Why? Because what we've been watching has been what you wanted us to watch. So let's get started. We got a couple from Joseph. Listener Joseph. Joseph, I got to open up and say, dude, you're a sick, twisted dude. Um, <laughs> you, you had us watch some, some really intense things. But I couldn't have been more pleasantly surprised by all of them genuinely three amazing requests but i feel uh, we'll get there um only two-thirds are (laughs) are ones that i I think i can even talk about this is going to be difficult okay so the first request that we had from joseph was for pan's labyrinth pan's labyrinth which is available now on netflix it's a guillermo del toro written produced and directed um probably his first main thing that brought him into the spotlight here in the states for sure Mm -hmm. it is a spanish language film but it was i remember this being massive when it came out everybody had seen this um i haven't seen this movie since it first came out uh general premise there is a little girl whose mother remarries to this essentially nazi captain you know but it's taking place in is it in spain is it Spain or Italy? I forget now. Yeah, I can't Spain. remember yeah, either. He is not a very nice dude. She is visited by some fairies who lead her to a fawn's labyrinth, Pan's labyrinth. And he gives her three tasks because tells her that she is the reincarnation of the princess of the underworld. And if she completes these tasks, she can go and reign in this underworld land and all these kind of things. And as this is playing out, you do get glimpses of this resistance movement against the nationalist uh, party and, and kind of all this stuff. So a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff jam-packed into this movie. Like I said, I haven't seen it since it first came out. I loved it then. And I... I absolutely love it now. Um, but I also remember why it's been so long since I've seen it. It It is such a gut punch of a movie, but it is also 100% Guillermo del Toro's greatest film ever. He has never even come close to matching the brilliance of Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know, man. For me, like, you know, it's... <sighs> a masterpiece of practical effects and mm-hmm. costuming design um a beautiful story but also just heart-wrenching story the yep. acting is incredible 
you know, I mean, these are no, you know, none of these actors, right? These are all Spanish actors, but they are absolutely brilliant. As a Spanish speaker myself, I love it because I don't have to read so much. It is spoken in Spanish, Spanish. And so I do have to read some because they use crazy pronunciations and and (laughs) conjugations that the rest of the world doesn't use, um, even though they are the ones who born the language. But uh, anyways, it is uh, an absolutely, absolutely stunning and incredible film. It is an absolute must watch from me if you yeah. haven't seen it. I give it eight and a half out of 10. Fantastic recommendation. I would watch this movie. I, I'm, I forgot about it. I would watch this movie maybe once a year. Like it's, yeah. it's really, really, really great. Unfortunately, wasn't able to watch it again. Um, I've kind of put this on the the lower end of the list just to watch today simply because over the watched over the last couple of days simply because I had seen it before and I was like if I get to it great I really hope I do and if I don't I can still talk about it so I'm going to watch it again soon um, just because talking about it really gets me into wanting uh, wanting to watch it oh, yeah. um, I think if you go back far enough in my Facebook photos there are definitely pictures of me walking around with eyeballs drawn on my hands doing the little um, <laughs> uh, creepy angel guy thing because um, I was all about this movie uh, when it came out um, I absolutely agree with your rating um, I loved it when I saw it in college it's weird and it's twisted and it has just great characters you're right on with the practical effects I love, love, love practical effects, um, and this movie pulls them off wonderfully. It was really this movie and then the two Hellboy movies that Del Toro did that got me so excited to watch the scary stories to tell in the dark because his right. name was attached to it. Um, and you know, then as an executive producer, writer, whatever he was on that movie, it just didn't deliver. But um, you know, this this movie has a lot of the same hue, a lot of the same color palette as like the Hellboys do. It's dark it's um gritty um and they just look so good uh and, and so it's absolutely worth a watch um so i'm definitely gonna go uh go back and do that um as delinquent as i was not getting back to it before the episode um but it's absolutely a great movie to watch definitely definitely recommend it for sure yeah it is and what makes the practical effect so good is and we've talked about this when we talked about independence day is that it allows it to really hold up Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you watch this later on, yep. it's it's just as good. It's just as impressive. It's as, just as creepy because it's real people. Um, yeah. You know, I would say I, I think I, I agree. I watched Hellboy because of Pan's Labyrinth. I was let down just because I thought the quality of Hellboy wasn't very good, but the the effects were great. I thought the, yeah. the designs were, were awesome. Um, this is a little bit more in line with Shape of Water. Right, like mm. the shape of water, it's sort of that same depth of character and mm-hmm. and sort of really focused on that fairy tale style narration, which is which is really cool. It's it's it it's kind of it takes you more to like the grim side of things, right? Where yeah. fairy tales traditionally are, you know, fairies are kind of tricksters, and nothing is quite as it seems. Everything, yeah. you know, nothing is fully good or fully bad. You know, it's. It just it, it's this beautiful complication in the story right in the in the writing but in the storytelling that really just keeps you fully engaged the whole time right because yeah. Yeah. you don't quite know who to trust ever and yeah. and it's really it's uh it's such a good movie absolutely I think it's I think it's the best it's his best one Joe you also gave us God I've been <sighs> dreading talking about this one 
Joseph recommended that we watch a movie called Grave of the Fireflies. Now, Grave of the Fireflies is available on Hulu. Okay, I'm going to try really hard to make it through this one, dude. It is, this is bad. Okay, so the general premise is it's a brother-sister. They have been orphaned early on in the film. This takes place during World War II in Japan. Um, they have been orphaned. They go to live with an aunt. The aunt is less than great. And eventually sort of end up on their own trying to survive in Japan at the heart of World War II, as, sort of as it's actually as it's coming to a close. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's all I want to say about it because I really don't want to give anything away on this yeah. one at all. This this movie this movie broke me. This movie legitimately broke me. It is so it's a Studio Ghibli film. Uh, if you're familiar with Studio Ghibli at all, you know they've given us things like Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, you know, lots of movies that you've heard of and seen. This one, um, I have never cried so much and for so long. I think I think this movie has like a runtime of 90 something minutes. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure I wept uncontrollably for like 88 minutes. It was so hard to watch, but such a masterpiece of a film. This story is gorgeous. It is absolutely mm -hmm. beautiful. The characters are there's not even a word this brother sister they it is a relationship and a love that you would only hope that your kids would have they are i mean you forget i am not an anime fan i'm really not there are very few anime things that i will watch and love um i struggle with anime i didn't even realize once this starts off after the first five or ten minutes it wasn't anime to me anymore. This yeah. was a real little girl. This was a real young boy. This was a real story about family and struggle, war, hardship, pain, and joy all at the same time. This was a very visceral, but I again, it felt real. They felt like real people, and that shattered me to freaking pieces uh, this it is among one of the greatest things i have ever seen in terms of film television it is art this movie is mm -hmm. art but i struggle uh, it is it's a nine out of ten it is a nine out of ten it would be a ten out of ten if it hadn't shattered my soul but mm -hmm. uh, you know in terms of watching this recommending it um for the art of it for the beauty of it for all of that without question i but i say this with a real disclaimer of if you especially if you're a parent for god's sakes if you're a parent, i mean all i saw was my kids you really need to go into this prepared to not come out of it the same. And and it is definitely not a movie that you watch 
lightly or or expect to just like credits roll and you bounce up and say oh that was a great time what a great movie it was gorgeous it was this it is haunting and it stays and it will and it affected me so i say without question it's it's a watch but with reservation like if you are the type of person who really is affected by the stuff that they watch then this this might not be for you um i will never watch this movie again and that is not because it isn't fantastic it is like i said it's one of the best things i've ever seen in my life I will never watch it again because I cannot handle watching this movie again. Um, but unbelievable. Uh, unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, uh, that's it. That's all I have. Like, I, I don't even know what else to say. Um, I really feel like this is how you recommend going to the Holocaust Museum in D.C. or the mm. African American History Museum. Yeah. Because they are great museums. It is a, a an experience that you didn't you don't have a great time. That's not the purpose of these things. They are amazing museums right. about some super awful and tragic events in history of our world and of our country. But I recommend everybody go. You just yeah. have to know. That's a great, great comparison. Yeah. When when to do it. Uh, you know, if you're Friday night, date night, you're not going to do this. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's I mean, I wasn't as outwardly moved, um, probably because like I'm cold, cold, dead and unfeeling person. <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this this movie is a gut punch. I mean from the minute it started, I knew how this was ending. I mean, they, they, they throw it all at you in the first five minutes. You're like, Oh, he's okay. it's like the opening lines. He says, yeah. Boom. Yeah. When I looked into this a little bit more, Ebert considered this one of the best and most powerful war films in his opinion. And he even included it on his list of best films, period. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I love when you have a, a movie like this because it's not about world war two. It's about these two kids, and World War II is the background. It is the impetus for their story, their struggle. It's not a war movie. It's not, you know, Saving Private Ryan. It's not good guys, bad guys. This is a look at our enemy. This is like we're the, the United States is actively firebombing Japan at the openings of this movie, and then it ends after they surrender, after Japan surrenders to the Allied forces. And this is about the civilians. And they're getting firebombed and their villages are leveled and their schools are destroyed and their parents are burning to death. And so it's this other side of things. And it just goes for the jugular and, and saying, like, this is a war movie, but it's not about the war. This is about the impacts of war. And right. those impacts are unbelievable. They never hear from his father again. Like, uh, we have no idea how that ends up. The mother is gone early on in the movie. Uh, I highly recommend giving this um, a watch. And I highly recommend giving any of the other Studio Ghibli movies uh, a shot. I think a lot of people look at these, and, I, and I, Frank, you touched on it. They go, oh, I'm, I'm not an anime person. I, I'm not. It's anime and style only. This is not Pokemon. This is not Dragon yes. Ball Z. Studio Ghibli is, is like Japan's Disney equivalent. Like, they have a couple of animators there that are like, you know, 
their Walt Disney, right the same level. These movies are beautiful. I think this one is is the only one that I've seen that is rooted in reality. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the other ones you mentioned are they, they deal with some of the spiritual nature of, of Japanese culture and uh, mysticism and things like that. Um, but you know, this one is is real world. Uh, but all of the movies are wonderful and fantastic. Don't get hung up on, on the anime thing if it's not your style. You don't notice it. There, you have the option for two versions. You have the subbed version and the dubbed version. So if you don't want to read, you can you you can do the the dubbed version. Um, I went back and forth on it, um, and Frank kind of helped me figure out what I wanted to do. I ended up doing the dubbed version because there's not a lot of dialogue. It's not dialogue heavy at all. Right. Um, it's just about the action that takes place on screen, and it's it's beautiful, but. Uh, it, yeah, See, uh, yeah. If you have I kids. Went, oh, <laughs> dude, it was it was so bad. I went subbed. I usually, if I'm gonna do anime, I usually try to go subtitled just because I feel like the the original the original voice behind the inflection, the passion, the paint, mm-hmm. all of that stuff is very difficult to recreate by a secondary actor coming in and trying to capture that. I think I, we, we've talked about this offline. I would absolutely agree that Studio Ghibli does probably among the best work with their dubbing. Yeah. And so, you know, if that's something that you have, I will say this. I personally will always recommend subtitles over dubbing um, just because... I think you lose when you do dubbed. But yeah. if you have to do dubbed to see this, I trust Studio Ghibli. And in order for it to just get watched, I would say do it. It is, yeah. but do it at your own risk because, and it's, it, this is, I love how you put it. Think about the right time. This is not date night. This is not, I have. I have an hour and a half and I want to spend it joyfully watching something to decompress. I was, I mean, I am forever thankful that I was, that I watched this movie. I am forever thankful for this recommendation. It has genuinely changed me, but it is not one that you take on lightly. This is a, this is a hard watch. This is a hard watch. Let's move on. Joseph brings us home <laughs> with his third request, and uh, and it's Happy Death Day. So Happy Death Day. Currently, I think it's only available for rent. You would have to rent this one. Um, Happy Happy Death Day to you, which is the sequel, is available on Cinemax. So you could do that with like the free trial, but mm. uh, but you would have to rent this one. I I bought it because it was like seven bucks on Amazon Prime Video. So um you know versus renting it for five bucks, yeah, um. Sure. And I'm I'm really glad I did. He uh, so he recommended this on the heels of us talking about Ready or Not, and and sort of this this movie that we liked but couldn't necessarily say it was good, uh, right. but couldn't say it wasn't worth watching. As far as Happy Death Day is concerned, I <laughs> I liked this movie. I was very surprised how much I liked this movie. The premise is it's basically Groundhog Day. This girl, well, her name is Tree, but I guess yeah, her yeah. real name's Teresa, but uh, yeah. goes by Tree, whatever. So Tree wakes up every morning reliving the day she's murdered. So it's basically Groundhog Day meets Scream. So you have like a masked killer who is trying to kill her and we don't really know why and all that is sort of revealed through the process. I thought this movie was an absolute blast and I thought it did almost everything right. Uh, yeah. I mean, besides the mascot of the school and the mm. mask. So she's, a, she's in college and the mascot is they're the Bayfield babies, yep. which I did some research on it, I guess. So the director, uh, land, what's his name? Chris Landon, I think. Um, yeah, he, I think. 
he so they went with the king cake baby right because it takes place in louisiana and uh so it's the king cake baby so they are the bayfield babies and he wears this mask i guess he said he wanted to come up with a creature is the wrong word right but a a killer mask that was both funny and terrifying right because this at the heart of this movie it is very much a comedy it is fully a comedy and this is this is very close to being in the vein of like a jordan peele where it is it is first something else right like jordan peele's very much first a a social commentary with with comedy you know to sort of drive it and then sprinkled with horror to kind of give you a flavor right this is very much a comedy flavored with a dash of horror um yeah or like slasher and i mean to the point where you really don't see any of the kills you know it's Mm -hmm. not bloody it's not gory um it's I mean, it, I think it's PG-13. It could be PG. Like, it is not a horrific thing, but Mm-mm. fully enjoyable and satisfying in every way. Like, I felt satisfied yeah. as a slasher. I felt satisfied as a comedy. And I, I just, I thought it was fascinating. So she is murdered every day, and then that resets her clock, and then she comes back, and she's using that dynamic to try to track down her killer, right? So every time she's murdered, she's kind of hunting for clues. I thought it was great. We've watched a lot of stuff that follows this Groundhog Day dynamic, which is getting to be exhausting. But mm-hmm. this kind of gives us a little spin, too, because things carry over, right? It's not yeah. like she resets and is just this unlimited life. There's a great scene where she realizes that the effects of each of the murder stay with her, right? So, like, <laughs> if if she gets a lung caved in, she's got scar tissue there. If her ribs and bones are broken, when she comes back, they're healed, but they're, there's evidence that they were broken. So, each time she returns, she's a little bit weaker. So, it puts a real time limit on yeah. her trying to figure this out and get it to stop, which is a, a, an incredible way to add 10 and and just a finality to it right as opposed to this really could have dragged and it never did it was it was an absolute absolute fun watch i had i absolutely had a blast watching it i bought the sequel and watched that and i gotta say for what it was it was equally enjoyable um they do uh, they do a really great job with these again i'm shocked i'm genuinely shocked at how much i liked it Uh, i give happy death day a six and a half out of ten and for sure say it's a it's a fun and absolute watch i think i probably would have stayed away from this one because i was getting much more of like a straight up slasher vibe from it never had any any desire to watch this never i was like oh and there's a sequel like this is just you know a a slasher straight out slasher um but i was definitely surprised how much i liked it i mean outside of the fact that i just just distracted by the baby and like i just i'd like i was like bayfield babies like you know like (laughs) let's go babies and like you know i I picture all these pep rallies of like people saying dude they have a pep rally in the sequel (laughs) when do we want them now like it's just like you know if if this was like their rival school like let's kill the babies like i just (laughs) i i uh, i don't that was like that was like mildly distracting but once you understood the entire movie it, it makes it is it just fits so much better and um i just like i said i was expecting straight slasher but it 
does such a good job of switching gears and keeping you guessing. There's a great montage in the middle when she kind of gets on a roll with this, like trying to figure out who it is. And she kind of goes spy commando and it gets a little like goofy thriller drama going on there. And you're a hundred percent right about the, the, the groundhog day tropes, but it's refreshing when we watch something like this and then Palm Springs and they've done stuff in there to, to change that game. Right. You know, you're looking for the, Oh, I got to do everything right. I got to do everything right. And in this one, like she nails that day and she's got it and she's going to wake up and think, you know, like move on to the next day. And she did everything perfectly and did it work out for her. You gotta go, you gotta go watch the movie and find out because I think that ending it just kind of brings it home in a, in a great way where you're like, I kind of saw that coming, but I didn't. And then it's just, you know, she just the range of emotions that tree goes through the freak out to figuring it out, to being so badass about it to like, sure. She nailed it. And that 16 candles ending where her and, you know, Carter are that. like, boom. And then what? Like what? And then just to yeah, one more twist of the screw, he screws with her that final morning and makes her think that she's waking up. It just, it, it was so much fun. Uh, my wife watched this one with me and she really liked it. Although she did have nightmares that night, uh, all night about somebody trying to kill her. Um, it was, it was so much fun. Um, I really did enjoy it. The characters are ridiculous. I loved a lot of the characters in it. The sorority president, Danielle, is amazing and awful and horrible. And She's the director's niece. Oh, my God. She was amazing. Yeah. And I hated her. And I loved her. Um, there's a character named Tim who is a bit part, but he has one of the funniest moments in the, in this movie. And I believe he has a follow-up in the sequel that I'm interested to see um, where there, there's a little joke of a, car- a, a carryover joke from this one. But, it, you know, it, right off the bat, there's a who's who's of who could, you know, a whodunit. Like, you see all these characters and, and Tree's just not a good person. So uh, it's, it's so much fun. Uh, it's definitely, if you were on the fence about it, like we were, you know, thinking it's going to be a gore fest slasher movie. It is not. It's so much fun. I, I can't wait to watch the sequel. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. It's a, it's a blast. Yeah. So six and a half out of 10 for this one. Absolute must watch. Okay. Let's tear through the next two. No need to dwell. So two out of the, what, six rec- yeah. requests that we had. Not, not a big fan. Just not a big fan. I feel like we agree. So the first one is drop dead Fred. Uh, this request comes from katie i had seen this when i was a kid i remember not loving it just because i'll be honest even as a kid when i watched it i was like this ain't for me like this i didn't find it funny uh i watched it last night and it was painful to to get through my wife started watching it with me 10 minutes in she was like you have fun i'm done and 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 I'll be honest with you, I wished I could have done the same. I really struggled uh, to finish this one. So Phoebe Cates plays the lead, and so when she's a little girl, she has a an imaginary friend named Drop Dead Fred. He's a total bag of tools and makes her do all kinds of terrible, horrible things. 
the mother who is a monster locks him you know she you know kind of locks him away in this jack-in-a-box now when she's older she has a garbage pale husband her life has kind of amounted to not a whole lot she doesn't have a whole lot of confidence she comes back to move home when her husband is you know cheating on her and and basically is like nah i'm good we can get divorced or whatever she goes back home to live with her mother she finds the box she opens it up fred comes back and essentially terrorizes her life but somehow brings her full circle like helps her find herself her confidence here's here's the thing about it the entire movie makes no sense this movie is not for kids right the like the cursing is through the roof fred fred's dropping bees all over the place he's looking up women's skirts it's it's really really gross and just intense humor which I am not opposed to, but it's not right. what I was expecting to see, right? So this movie's not for kids, but it's also not for adults. It's because it's mm. just not a good movie, right? It is stuck in this limbo of where it doesn't know what it is or wants to be. It, it's trying to appeal to a young audience somehow, but yet also very clearly meant to appeal to an older audience. I guess I think if I like gun to my head, this really is an adult movie because the real mm. story is Phoebe Cates as an adult finding her inner child, right? And and once that is kind of resolved, then then she... Uh, you know, Fred moves on and she is sort of moving on with her life and, and finds confidence and, and peace in herself. Um, but it's just, it's really poorly done. And, and the truth is, is that the way by which Fred does all this is so bad and so yeah. unhelpful that there's a moment, you know, late in the third act where he, he tries to really drive home the point of like i'm here because you need me and you're better than this and and so all of a sudden it's this total character shift that he has shown nothing about the entire time like he's just been an absolute terror and so you just don't even believe that you know full house sit on the lap moment where you know it's all being revealed and wrapped up and and yeah. she's becoming empowered it's just it makes no sense this whole movie feels out of place it is so and it's and frankly the i guess the thing about it too is you know i kind of talked about how vulgar and gross and whatever it is um i think rick myall is the one who plays fred he's just not funny no one is funny in this nothing that happens is funny it is obnoxious and just really 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 hard to watch um i get drop dead fred's a two out of ten and it's not uh I, I would not recommend watching it i think it's one of those ones that maybe if you loved it as a kid uh <laughs> you'll probably get a kick out of it now but if it's one that you haven't seen before i would i would find anyone hard-pressed to to find like love in this now it's just it's no it's not good it's just not good so I will admit in uh, in a dereliction of duty here when I was putting these in a list, um, this one was right above Pan's Labyrinth because I was like, well, I've seen Pan's Labyrinth. So if I don't, like I said, if I don't get to it, I can still talk about it. This movie had come up earlier in, in quarantine time um, in a happy hour group that I do weekly with um, some former co-workers and co-workers. Um, and I believe uh, my our friend Alex had watched this as part of her like, horrible movie mondays or whatever they have like a weekly terrible movie night and uh this had come up and they railed on how horrible it was 
for the same reasons that you have just went through. And so when I saw it on this list, I was like, uh, if I get to it, great. If not, Frank will take one for the team. Yeah, Tim, I feel like you won this week. Um, <laughs> It was, yeah, it's no bueno. So yeah, so Tim hasn't seen it. Lucky Tim. Two out of ten. And just, it's not, it's not worth a watch. Don't waste your time on this one. This one's on HBO if you... I don't know if you if you want you have horrible movie Mondays like our friend Alex. (laughs) So the next request comes from Peter and it was an evening with Beverly Loughlin on Netflix. Wow. Uh, This one's (laughs) this one's crazy. Craig Robinson, Aubrey Plaza, Emile Hirsch, uh, Jermaine Clement, a big, big cast. This is Netflix's answer, I guess. <laughs> you know, like 20 years later to uh, to Napoleon Dynamite. It is... It's wild. Uh, the premise is Aubrey Plaza is married to uh, Emile Hirsch's character. She is miserable in her marriage. And I guess <laughs> there's this guy named Beverly Loughlin, played by Craig Robinson, who's putting on some magical evening in a town nearby. And they have a history and she wants to go there. Uh, okay, so when this movie started, my first note was, this movie is nuts, but I think I love it. And I put in parentheses, 11 minutes in. It's not good, but it fully commits to the absurdity and makes you laugh or smile with its complete dedication to that outlandish tone. So it is, these characters, it's, it is, it's, it's Napoleon Dynamite, turned up to 11 Mm -hmm. everyone is weird everyone talks weird acts weird the whole movie is weird on its own it's that sucks but in those early minutes it's kind of like that family guy approach of repetition is eventually funny like if we just beat them over the head with this absurdity you know, you just eventually find yourself kind of laughing. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I, it was so weird. And I hadn't really seen anything quite like it since Napoleon Dynamite. Like even Nacho Libre and those kinds of movies didn't quite stack up. Um, yeah. So this, at first, it was like, I liked. I liked that it was different. Unlike Napoleon Dynamite, which is about 90-something minutes long, this one comes in at like a smooth two hours. Mm -hmm. So by minute 20-something, I had had my fill. And, And the story never really goes anywhere. This movie accomplishes nothing. You know, there is there is no end game. There is no resolution. I mean, there is to a point, but there is nothing satisfying about this. It becomes grating. It becomes, you know, it loses its charm, its luster. Now, there are some genuinely funny moments, but not enough for me to save this one at all at one point i paused the movie thinking like this has got to be almost over and there was like an hour and 20 minutes left yeah and i it dragged on for so long like i said it just became grating and just really taxing and it was i i found it really hard to get through um i can absolutely see the audience for this and 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 i was part of that i think if this movie was shorter uh and and just got to the point faster and and maybe had a better point that it was trying to get to 
um, you know, this could have been something really, really special. I think it had potential. It just never really saw that through. Um, and I, I, I give this one a two out of 10. And, and I would definitely say do not watch. I'm not, uh, this is not one I would recommend. Maybe I'm being overdramatic, but I'm not sure there was a single thing that I enjoyed about it. Oh, wow. Uh, just, really? Like yeah, not even I at the just, beginning? So it was just so awkward and the absurdity of it made me so uneasy and uncomfortable. Like, sparked my anxiety in the worst way because some of the bit actors were doing just such a horrible job. <laughs> yeah. That I was just like, did we just pull anybody off the street to fill it? <laughs> I, I, it just... Like, and I get it, right? It fits into the tone, but like, it was just so weird. And then you have Craig Robinson and Matt Berry kind of just being themselves. Like, so they mm. didn't really, like, Matt Berry was his character from What We Do in the Shadows, and Craig Robinson was just Craig Robinson, but everybody else was weird and gross and had weird hair or massive amounts of cold sores it was like you know there were multiple scenes of people just hacking up a lung for 15 20 minutes that, felt that, like. that part did kind of make me laugh. it yeah. happened at least three or four like two or three times that old guy like, in like the laundromat or whatever really got yeah, me. and then yeah. and then uh uh tyrone's mom dad oh yeah, sitting at the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just it was so weird and like the only intrigue at getting me through it was like, okay, what is this magical evening? What is Beverly's shtick? And it just didn't pay off enough for me. Like, it's like, okay, so he's like an Irish folk singer. Great. Okay, right. I get it. I, I just, I, I got so stupid bored that I just started writing my notes for this episode and reminiscing <laughs> about the better movies I watched this week. I just... I, I don't know. It, for me, it just missed the mark in every way that Napoleon Dynamite nailed them. Like there just yeah. wasn't the 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 callback lines. Like the, there's no quotes. There's no T-shirt lines for this. Like you know, Hot Topic had lines of T-shirts with every you know like Tina eat your dinner. Like there was just so many lines from that movie that just out of context are ridiculous, but you loved in that movie. And there's just nothing there. Uh, there's just nothing memorable. Um, and I found every character irritating and i really absolutely wanted to see none of them like usually in an absurd thing like this i can't wait to see a certain character get back on screen in napoleon dynamite for me it was deb for some reason i loved every time deb was on screen yeah i agree but there was nobody in this movie that i wanted to see more of everyone made my skin crawl well and you know it's you got to make the comparisons to napoleon dynamite just because it really is it is the same vein but you know, and I kind of said like this really lacked a destination, but it also just yeah. really lacked the heart. Napoleon mm. Dynamite, for as as absurd and ridiculous as the movie was, there was real heart behind these characters, right? And you know, with the there was a little romance, and there was all this like it just it did all these things really well. The characters were very lovable. None of these characters were lovable. I will say mm. one of the shine for me, the shining people were Emile Hirsch and Jermaine Clement. I thought of anybody in the movie who had funny moments and like genuinely made me chuckle and even sometimes outright laugh. It was the two of them. 
you know, again, I say this movie's a two out of ten. This movie probably would have been higher if it was shorter. And it would have yeah. been and it's easy to say this, but it would have been even higher if it had more something to it. There was more substance that really paid off me sitting through and watching this. But I think you're absolutely right. I can't really remember a single line. Um, you know, I, I remember laughing at points, but nothing really stands out like you had Napoleon Dynamite. And it just doesn't have it just didn't have the meat you know, that something like that had. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, two out of 10. I don't know. If only Beverly had not delayed his show twice, we would have had Dude, that second day almost that second. I was like, I swear to God, if they do a third one, I'm burning my house to the ground. Um, all right. So the last one, this is a long one guys, but we really, we were, we just wanted to get to everybody's stuff, uh, because we were so excited, but the last one comes from Chris and it is den of thieves, which is available now on Netflix. Den of thieves has another epic all-star cast. It is Mm -hmm. Gerard Butler, Pablo Schreiber, 50 cent or Curtis Jackson. I don't know what he's going. He's credited as 50 cent, but whatever. It has O'Shea Jackson jr. This movie whoa is yes it just happens to your face like uh, start to finish i mean it's just it's an absolute assault on the senses as soon as it starts it never really slows literally everyone in this movie is a bad guy the the premise is schreiber 50 cent um cube jr like they sort of form the bank heist gang right and then Mm -hmm. you have gerard butler and a bunch of people i'd never seen before who kind of form this um they're with uh, la sheriff's department Mm-hmm. And they're sort of like this uh, this tack unit who is they're just super grody. They're all super yep. gross and and genuinely bad guys themselves. But this movie as a whole just kind of makes you feel gross. But it yeah. also really made it stand out from a crowd. This is not your everyday run of the mill heist movie, just because, like I said, no one's good. There's no. And that's also what kind of makes it brilliant, right? You have Mm -hmm. moments where you're genuinely pulling for the cops and you have moments where you're kind of pulling for the bads and, and it keeps the whole thing exciting and fresh and engaging. The action in this is crazy. And, and I think that the, the premise of the heist itself, how it's put together, how it's executed is also highly entertaining, right? Like that's the key. If you're going to do a heist movie, you know, you've got to be Ocean's Eleven. You know what I'm saying? And this, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's Ocean's Eleven good, but it is it has the parts, you know, and it has the yep. twists and the, and you know, something's happening, but you don't quite know what's happening. And then it all kind of comes to this sort of, you know, poor man's usual suspects type ending where, you know, you just, you get a final little boom and, and it's great. This movie is great. It's a lot of fun. It's totally different. It's hard to watch at times, but it gives you everything you want. You've got explosions, you've got gunfights, you've got bank heists, you've got twists, you've got some laughs, you know, you've got Gerard Butler, who doesn't want that? You know, overall, I thought it delivered in a lot of ways. I give it a sediment, a seven out of 10 and it's on Netflix. It's an absolute worth a watch. Yeah, I think um, I think you're spot on. Um, if you you know if you're wanting a big firepower heist movie, then do it. Um, a lot of uh, some of the guys in the the police crew and the sheriff's crew, they all are either season arcs or recurring characters in Sons of Anarchy. Um, oh, really? Outside of the motorcycle club, 
Um, and so I recognized a lot of those guys. Um, that also, I think, spoke to me a little bit why some of the acting was a little, uh, especially in those, those crews, was a little uh, on the fence. And I was like, yeah, because I didn't partic- uh, particularly like their acting in Sons of Anarchy. So I was like, okay. So outside of those kind of top level, the, 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 the filler squad is, is kind of a little weak. Um, I do... I, I feel like the heist and all of the like the gunplay and all like really, you know, from the heist on out, um, I really feel like this movie was written backwards. Like they had this great idea for kind of, you know, this this ending and this heist and how this is going to come. And then everything else was kind of filled in backwards. Um, we spend some time with Gerard Butler's character at home and mm-hmm. I really wasn't quite sure why we need to see his home life. Like it's pretty well established early on that he's a piece of shit and like everyone's a piece of shit, as you said. So I didn't quite understand why we need to see him interact with his kids. It didn't do anything. Didn't make me care for him. No, um, no, no, no. And it doesn't, you're absolutely right. It doesn't elevate him or make him a compassionate character or a lovable character. It, yeah, it just, yeah, he just, I don't know. Yeah. He was gross. He's a gross character. Yeah. Those parts were weird. And I think the only character I ended up somewhat caring about was, was Donnie O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character because he sort of felt like he was in, just kind of got mixed up in the wrong thing. He had this steady job as bartender. Everybody seemed to like him, seemed like a likable guy. And he kind of gets wrapped up in, uh, in this criminal underworld and, you know, stuck with the police now. And that all pays off in the end in a way that you're like, oh, all right, I got it. So if you, yeah, I mean, if you want to watch something that's in the vein of, of Ocean's Eleven, or usual suspects absolutely do it i think this uh, weighs heavier on the 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 firepower i mean there's some heavy duty weaponry in this movie the final shootout in traffic is bananas mm-hmm. <laughs> just absolute bananas um, and apparently there's a sequel potentially in the works with o'shea jackson jr reprising his character and Gerard Butler rep- reprising his character. I'm so, in. I'm in. Yeah, I I'm mean, in. the the ending definitely sort of sets a sequel up. Maybe not directly off of this movie, but you can see once you get the full scope where a sequel could come from. Any anywhere. It's just the nature of of, of what happens. It was a lot of fun. Definitely, if you want a, a high octane action movie, um, you could probably do this one on a Friday night, maybe date night, if you you know wanted to. If your yeah. girl's into you know a high octane movie, it's it's a face value movie. It yeah. is yep. what it is. It delivers what it promises, and not a single cent more. And that's okay. <laughs> cent. <Yeah. laughs> it gives you fifty cents. Um, yep. but uh, but yeah, it's definitely there's nothing deeper to this. It is what it is. It's very surface, very face value, and that's totally fine. And exactly. Yep like you're saying if that's what you're looking for this is a great pick all right that's our last one six listener requests awesome. we did it i feel I great loved it. dude yeah. i am <laughs> I, like i i dug it majorly guys absolutely keep these coming we will watch anything it doesn't mean that we like it we 100 percent don't judge you there's an audience for everything it's not nope. personal if we don't dig it it just wasn't for us but we're putting it out there right like there's people who listen maybe they've heard us review things harshly that they absolutely love so they'll say man if frank and tim hate it then i probably love it and they're gonna watch it and that's why this is important um and and i just i love watching new stuff 
so much we talked about several of these titles were things that never would have been on my i must watch this today certainly not stuff i would have paid to watch um like happy death day you know i mean if it was on somewhere maybe kind of like i did with ready or not but you know i ended up paying for it and being absolutely thrilled that i did so uh joseph katie peter chris um is that everybody Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so, so much. Um, for those of you commenting on the stuff, we love reading your comments here on the show. Thank you as well for engaging and participating in our Instagram account. We love that. So keep the requests coming. Keep the comments coming. And uh, and we'll make every single one of these all about you guys um, with absolute pleasure. And Tim is grateful because yeah. the less Tim has to think, the better. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't think, and I don't read books. (laughs) We don't read books, but I will read subtitles. Um, As long as there is limited dialogue or I speak the language. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, what else? That's about it. So guys, follow us in all those same places. The podcast, wherever you guys get your podcasts, go to the website, pausedreviews.com. It will send you everywhere. Or go to the Instagram page, at pausedreviews. We'll also send you to the website, which will send you everywhere. Email us, pausedreviews at gmail.com. Requests, comments, concerns, questions, whatever it is, we're here. Join us next week. We're going to watch Dr. Sleep, which is available now on HBO. So if you have HBO, check it out there. If you don't, sign up for the free trial and check it out. We will see you guys then. As always, I'm your boy, Frank. This is Tim. And we'll see you when we see you. Have a good one. Ooh. <laughs>